Do you speak crowd lending? Welcome to our podcast covering the crowd lending industry. Our mission is to provide you with all the insights from this market and help you make informed decisions. I'm Gassen, co-founder and CEO of Acredius. We are a crowd lending platform based in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm delighted to host this podcast and hopefully bring value to all our listeners. Hi, everyone. I'm glad today to have uh, Yori with us. Uh, Yori Arm Brewster is uh, CEO of Ethic Hub. We are very happy to have him with us uh, today in these uh, kind of special times. We're doing this our first uh, podcast episode uh, with distance. So uh, let's see how it, how it goes. So, Yori, welcome to This Week Crowd Landing. Oh, thank you very much for inviting. As uh, I told you, I am very happy to be here and I am very aligned with what you are doing, trying to spread the word of crowd lending, especially in these tough times with the coronavirus thing, right? Very good. Thank you very much for being in this show. So, uh, Yuri, I don't want to uh, introduce you myself, so can you tell us a bit more about you, about what you're doing so far with Ethic Hub. Let's start first by you. Okay, so I am son of Mexican German mother and Spanish German father and I grew up between these two worlds, between Mexico and Spain. My mother has a coffee farm in Mexico and and so I, I know about coffee, I love coffee, I, I love agriculture stuff. And in the other side, I was also living in, in Spain for most of my life. So I, I, I know Europe, I know the, what's the problems in Europe. And, and one thing I, I never understood is why a same company has to pay 10 times more interest in Mexico than in Spain. No? And mm-hmm. e- even worse uh, with smallholder farmers, no? that they are solvent, they pay, and how come it's possible they pay so huge interest when they are good payers and, and the currency risk, it doesn't explain this huge difference. Huge difference, I mean, they pay five to 10% monthly. So that's why after when I decided to to start my own company, I I decided to focus into this problem, no, helping smallholder farmers, coffee producers. That is something I know. To contact them, connect them with European lenders, so they can lend them money, be very happy because they can earn super good return, and that's it. That's great. So, Yuri, uh, I looked a little bit, uh, little bit also about your career and so on. And so, I understand a little bit so from farming. You did also a little bit of M and A to blockchain to crowd lending. Can you please walk us through these transitions, basically? <laughs> yeah. So my first job was helping as, uh, my mother with the coffee farm. So. And this was when I was finishing the, the university. And afterwards, I, I went to Spain 
and I entered a company in that moment where like 400 employees, uh, distribu- a wholesaler company mm-hmm. for construction materials, nothing to see with financial stuff. Mm-hmm. And in that company, I started in, in human resources, but I was taking more and more responsibilities. The last was being the M&A responsible. We, we managed to buy some competitors into a integration process, into a consolidation of the wholesaler market in Spain that was super fragmented. And finally, I, I was the CEO of that company that when we arrived, 800 employees, something like that. No? After that, that with the Spanish crisis hit massively the, the construction sector in Spain. It fails over 90%, even 95% in some subsectors that we decided to basically stop operations, sell the sales points to all the European players that wanted to multinational companies, no? big companies mm-hmm. that don't have the problems we were having with banks because at the end also the banks were with problems in Spain in that moment and and start my own thing. No? I, in, the, in that company, I was just an employee. I was the CEO. Good. So from there, you started EDICAP or you had another step in between? No, in between, I, I, I took one year traveling around the world. I did a master about innovation. Mm-hmm. And then, then it, this is when I fall in love with, with blockchain. This is when I was looking for which, which were the most important problems in the world to be solved and where could I add value to that problem, no? to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. So, and this is basically the conclusion of that year, uh, Ethic Hub. Ah, okay. So, so tell us more about Ethic Hub. So what does Ethic Hub offer? So I understand it's a crowd lending platform for farmers, but yeah, tell, tell me more, tell me more, please. So it's more than that, because in one side is a crowd lending platform, but since this is small farmers, the loans are quite small. I mean, it's €1,000 per year, the first year per farmer. Mm-hmm. And it, they live far from the city, so it's expensive to, to go to make the onboarding and everything, no? and the due diligence. So we, have, we arrived to the conclusion we had to do at least two businesses when we go to these communities. Mm-hmm. So uh, we integrated not only, we do not only the lending side, but also the selling side of their product. Uh-huh. So we have two fees. We have a fee in the loan and we have a fee in the product sale. And that way is much easier for us to be profitable. And for the lender is quite better because they know the borrower will be solvent because he will be selling their crops in uh, good conditions, right? Huh, very interesting. So you basically, in terms of due diligence, it makes it way easier because you are managing the revenue at the end of the day. So how do you, so that the pricing of the loan would be easier and it, may, it gives a little bit more uh, of, let's say, confidence, credibility, and, and trust from the side of, of the lender, right? 
exactly. And, and the price of the loan, basically what we do is, what is the first price or what is what a lender should ask for the risk they are taking because this is a Mexican denominated loan mm -hmm. in the other side of the world, etc. No? And we arrived to the conclusion 15% is a reasonable number. More than that, looks like a scam also. <laughs> but, but our farmers could pay even more no? because they were used to pay five to 10 monthly. Wow, wow, great. And now, so from farmers to, to blockchain. So how does blockchain help Ethic Hub offer better service? Basically, it's two things or three things. In one side is making the financial uh, transactions public and transparent and immutable. So when you are lending to a farmer, you are doing it through a smart contract. Mm -hmm. So, and this is the second advantage. We don't touch the money. Instead of, of using Lemonway or, or some other uh, service provider that mm -hmm. take care of the money, mm -hmm. in our case, is a, a software. It's a program over Ethereum network that is managing the, the money. We, we don't have access to the money. And, and the third advantage at the end is also that it, automatic, it automatizes some processes. So it, it helps us to be more productive, more profitable, and more efficient. Interesting. So in your own words, I've read, you said Ethic Hub is a fair global crowd lending system for the unbanked farmers. What do you see particular to farmers crowd lending as compared to other verticals, let's say, yeah, consumer, real estate, SMEs in general? I understand that farmers are part of your background anyway, but what's specific to them? For me, it is, as I was telling before, I, where could I, I, could I live in the farmer side? But it's not only that. It, it is because at the end, we are trying to help unbanked people to join global economy. And most of the unbanked are farmers. And, yes. and there are many projects focused on financial inclusion, but 90% or 99% and focus on data, on mobile, on mm -hmm. cities, basically, no? on urban mm -hmm. areas. Very few are focused on agriculture. So we see this for sure as a more complicated thing, but also as the greatest opportunity. It's like a blue ocean of, of opportunity because it's huge market over 1 billion people is unbanked farmers and super low competitiveness because there are very few projects working into this. Very, very interesting. Um, so let's speak now from the investor perspective. What do you, what do you think are the main advantages of, of, of this asset class of crowd lending as such? For me, crowd lending is maybe the best asset class in the world. 
I think we could agree on that. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> no, but it's not like I am telling my story, but because I truly believe it. In the long term, the stock market has proven to be super, I, I mean, maybe the best asset class in the world until now because it does about 8% yearly, but with a problem that this year, for example, it, it went down 30%, no? And so it, it will take some years to recover to last year stock volume, right? Crowd lending, I am pretty confident in the long term will prove that we can make around that numbers in a sustainable and long-term way. But with the advantage that with the crisis won't fail 30%. So it, it will be much more stable. No? Maybe the, the defaults increase yes. and, and, and that year the net interest, the net return is zero, but not minus 30 or minus 40%. Right? Yes. So the volatility is much, will be, it is and will be much less. If, for sure, as a lender, you do your job no? and you choose a good platforms and especially you diversify. Mm -hmm. For me, it's key, absolutely key for a lender to diversify in many different platforms and kind of projects. I mean, diversify, that's clearly uh, one, one great advice. But um, what, what would be your advice to uh, any private investor trying to discover this new asset class? Maybe let's, let's understand now from your, from your perspective, what would your advice when someone wants to try or start investing in crowd lending using cryptocurrency? Mm. Using cryptocurrency for me is, we don't call it even crypto, is uh, we are using a stable coin called DAI, okay. whose value is one dollar. Mm -hmm. So you can say we we are dollar-based crowd lending. No, <laughs> we we don't like to call ourselves crypto. But it, it is uh, in one side is a problem. I not a problem. It's a a friction for the yeah. users because you have to take care as a user a huge responsibility that is your private keys. In a, when when you have crypto, when you have a blockchain wallet, mm -hmm. when and in Ethihub you are having your own blockchain wallet, that means not even us have access to your private keys. If you lose your private keys, you are you lose your money. That has a huge advantage because nobody else in the world can take control of your funds. But in the other side, it's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. because if you lose your private keys, nobody can help you to restore your wallet. Yeah. But in the long term, mm -hmm. I mean, there are some projects already working on social recovery and we will implement that uh, to reduce the problem or the, the, the afraid the user are of this situation. No? Mm -hmm. And in the other side, uh, for me, in the long term, we, everything will be blockchain based. Every value transaction in the world will be done through a financial system working mm -hmm. over blockchain, meaning every financial transaction will be done with crypto, but 
maybe will be a crypto Swiss francs delivered, uh, created by the government and not, not decentralized crypto. I see, I see. Well, great. So, uh, since you're speaking about farmers and crypto, I have kind of an out-of-the-box question to, uh, to end this, uh, this, this quick and to-the-point uh, episode, which is, uh, I'm really curious, out of all what you're doing in your life, relating how cryptocurrency and so on, I'm really curious, what, what is your favorite fruit? Favorite fruit? Yes. <laughs> so you don't know anything about fruits in Europe in Chiapas you can't imagine the fruits we have it's amazing and it's very difficult to choose one but I would say mamey is uh, maybe my favorite one mamey I'm sorry yeah. I love this fruit can you explain it's mamey mamey is like um I don't know, it's different fruit. It's completely <laughs> different. It's Very difficult good. to describe a fruit you, you don't okay. know. Okay, so it's a different fruit. It's the, you're the first person in this podcast who chooses Mame. So, uh, yeah, with, the, with that, I want really to uh, thank you, Yori, for being part of this uh, podcast, for sharing your experience in uh, more information about ethic, how and how it works. Uh, anything you would like to add? To complement what I was saying regarding mm -hmm. blockchain, no, is mm -hmm. uh, yes. why why we sometimes look to, like to to freaky <laughs> with the blockchain thing. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like next step of human evolution in the way that we can, we will be able to, to make a step forward into trust mm -hmm. because now there is third, how do you say, three entry accounting. Mm -hmm. And that was never possible before. And this will help us to run out of corruption, but also will increase the trust in every financial transaction. Mm -hmm. And this, we, we, we just don't see where it will end because with a first iteration of accounting that is single entry accounting, we were able to start civilizations. Mm -hmm. With second entry accounting, we were able to start companies in in from a renaissance renaissance and now we have three entry accounting and we just don't can not envision now where this will end up but i'm pretty sure this will change everything it just takes time as it took to internet it's a, it's a, the similar thing no that with internet at the beginning, everybody was saying, wow, well, this will change everything. And then was the bubble, and then was the burst of the bubble. And then <laughs> people say, wow, this was nothing. This was just a scam. No, it didn't work for anything. And afterwards, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and company changed the world, mm -hmm. basically. No? So I'm pretty sure this is the same. That's great. That's great. Thank you very much for sharing, for sharing these views, Yuri. Thank you, everyone, to, who are still uh, listening to us uh, during these, let's say, difficult times. Please uh, keep tuned and thank you, everyone. Goodbye. 
Thank you for inviting. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for staying with us until the end. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media so you never miss an episode. Please don't hesitate to send us your questions and comments at agredius.ch. Thank you. Thank you.